Welcome to episode number 27 of Technician Academy's podcast series, hosted by ASC Master Technician Richard Young. This episode is powered by Premium Guard Filters. Visit pgfilters.com to view the first-to-market coverage. In this episode, Richard Young talks with Matt Buckles, the President and General Manager of Motorrad America. Buckles' career in the automotive industry grew from meager beginnings. He started as a lube technician, eventually became a master technician with 11 ASEs, and finally appeared as the industry thought leader he is today. In this podcast, Buckles expresses his passion for people and explains the importance of managing employees uniquely, since everyone is wired differently. Buckles also discusses technology advances in the industry that we are seeing today, shortages of skilled workers we are seeing across the country, what he thinks is causing these shortages, and more. We hope that you enjoy the 27th episode of Technician Academy's podcast, powered by Premium Guard Filters. Visit pgfilters.com to view their first-to-market coverage. Welcome to today's Technician Academy podcast. We're fortunate enough to have Matt Buckles from Motorrad. He is the president and general manager of Motorrad of America. Welcome, Matt. Thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Well, I'm, the pleasure's mine, uh, Matt. You, you bring a very long history within the automotive industry with you. And, you know, I, you started out as humble beginnings in the Bay. Uh, so, you know, and then you've progressed up to the position you're at. If you could, uh, just give our listeners a brief summary of, of where you've been at in the industry and where you're at. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, it started for me, it started over 20 years ago. And uh, and I needed a job, like many people that just need a job. And and I looked for places that were hiring, and I found a place called Valvoline Instant Oil Change that was uh, willing to hire me as a you know as a young guy and pay me minimum wage. And and I I spent the next several years working for that company, understanding maintenance, automotive maintenance, how to um, how to service customers. I, I I learned that I had a passion for being customer centric. At that time, it was really a great, um, great point in my career. And little did I know back then that I would stay in the automotive industry for the rest of my life. And I, I left uh, left Valvoline Instant Oil Change and went to Pet Boys uh, because they were able to give me a little bit better work life balance. And uh, went, while I was going to college, and at Pet Boys, I realized that I had that I wanted to learn more about uh, the technical aspects of a vehicle. And so I transferred, I went from service advisor, uh, communicating directly with customers, of course, to working back in the shop. They gave me that opportunity, and I was forever thankful. I took advantage of all of their training at Pet Boys, uh, everything that I could. And uh, and then eventually I moved to Athens, Georgia, where I I had to leave Pet Boys and then go to work for Ford at a dealership, local dealership up there as a front-end technician. And again, uh, with with the years that I was with Ford, I was with Ford for a number of years as a technician, and I uh, I took advantage of all of their training and went through all their entire program. And I was one one thirty minute class online class away from being a senior master technician uh, with Ford during that tenure, and as well as taking advantage of all the all of the ASE testing that was available to me. I became a master tech and a 
and L1 with an L1 certification. Um, at one point, I had 11 ASCs, and that was just a great time of learning and uh, and challenge just to to learn more and more about the uh, the automobile, how to fix it, how to repair it, how to service customers. And uh, that was that was a, again a special time in my career. And then and then I went to work for CarMax at the time, and I thought that I thought that would be a career for me. And CarMax was such a great place to work. Uh, very customer centric. I learned so much about leadership at, cust- at at CarMax and how to empower your employees to service the customer. That was also a, a great time. And and then uh, went to work for Standard Motor Products and got involved in the parts industry of the business and parts manufacturing. And I worked for them for nearly 11 years and in various roles. And uh, they were, uh, I was fortunate enough that they were, they poured into me, they, they developed me, they allowed me to engage in leadership development, um, various classes, training, uh, everything, everything that I wanted to do. They were, they, they were very, um, uh, very supportive. And then, as you mentioned, a couple of years ago, I joined Motorrad as the president and GM of Motorrad of America and and uh, I've had the opportunity to to work with just a great team, a humble team. Um, got, I've gotten to know you and Technician Academy and uh, your mission and how you guys support uh, the automotive aftermarket and, and technicians, and, and that's been an absolute pre- pleasure. So my time at Motorrad has been fantastic. It's been full of challenge, uh, full of opportunity. I, 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 I really have, as you know, I have a passion for servicing customers and Meeting with customers and and that's here and that gives me the, the opportunity at Motorrad to, for us to be a, we're a nimble company that's very customer centric that just really has a passion uh, for being better. We believe that the industry de- deserves the best. The industry customers deserve the best uh, service and support, and uh, Motorrad really has a heart for that. And uh, yeah, that's that kind of uh, brings me to today. Yeah, that that's one of the things, and that's what was exciting. And one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the podcast it is your your history within the industry, and then uh, it's very clear to see that you are uh, you're about taking care of the customer, um, you know, and, and that fits right in with Motorrad. Uh, I was familiar with Motorrad prior to you coming to Motorrad. Uh, and then you come and it was great to see what you brought to Motorrad. For the listeners out there, give them a brief description of what what Motorrad is and, you know, their history and, and location. And then the second part of that is, is what do you bring to Motorrad? Um, okay. And uh, Motorrad was founded 60 years ago by a gentleman by the name of Joseph Fishman. And Joseph Fishman was a star dye maker in Israel. And he worked in Israel, uh, in Haifa, Israel. He had a small tool and dye shop. And that has grown to what we know as Motorrad today, which is a global company. And Joseph Fishman um, had really had a maniacal focus in a way on, on the customer and meeting the customer's needs. And that still holds true today, 60 years later with Motorrad. Um, so we've really grown, and we've invested a lot in technology and automation um, since that very humble beginning. Um, so that started our company started in 1958. We established our North America division in 1982, and uh, later just uh, established Europe in 1991. Uh, opened up Mexico and uh, Mexico DC in manufacturing operation in 2013, and uh, most recently we just opened up a distribution center and. In, uh, in Asia, because Asia is one of the fastest growing um, markets for just new vehicle sales, and it's a, it's a, it's a huge market, so we're, we're trying to service that market as well. And um, and throughout that, you know, we're, we're a thermostat manufacturer. We're in thermo, thermal management technology. 
We're a leader. We're the leader in North America. We're a worldwide leader in innovation and design and manufacturing of thermostats as well as closure caps, such as fuel caps and oil caps, radiator caps. Uh, so we're we're a thermal management and cap manuf- closure cap manufacturer today. And uh, we've my my role at Motorrad is really strategic strategic leadership and making sure that we're focused on focused on the customer doing everything we can to create a value the the create a value proposition and funnel in funnel through our value proposition to the customer and our our value proposition is pretty simple we we want to excel in service we want to be the absolutely best service provider whether it's category management inventory management um, sales support operationally you know, operationally efficient and shipping at high levels uh, to to fill our customers orders and then on the coverage side we want to be able to say yes on if if we're in the category we want to be able to we want to have the part and have absolute full coverage so i have to make sure that we stay focused on our value proposition as well as our, our sticking to our core values yeah and you know uh, as as a technician being a technician for 30 plus years the thermostat i knew was an important piece in the operation of today's vehicles and especially uh, you know controlling that temperature making sure we have proper uh, combustion and, and the use of the engine but you know, until I got associated with Motorrad, I didn't realize all the the design and the technology that went into into building a thermostat. And that's one of the great things that I've learned uh, being associated with Motorrad is is the engineering that you guys go into to develop a product and making sure that it fits what the customer needs. And just that technology, and then with the addition of of caps and and different gas caps, and the, and the way that works, I, I definitely believe that Motorrad is is the leader in that category and uh and continues to uh, innovate so i i'm glad to see that glad to see your movement to them and what you bring to them now uh you've got a little bit of a background at northwoods university uh could you tell us about that yeah when i was when i was with ford i met a, uh, a ford engineer who was um, a guy that i looked up to and um, he was a smart guy and i asked i asked him uh, some advice i was three years into my uh, four-year degree, and I'd said, you know, I've got a little bit of undergrad left, and is there a scholarship opportunity through Ford? And and we had a conversation about that, which led to his recommendation to, to say to me, if you're going to stay in the automotive industry, you should you should consider Northwood University. And, and at that time, um, I, I hadn't heard of Northwood University. I lived in Georgia, Northwoods, and Michigan, and uh, so I looked into it and. Um, I realized that they aligned very nicely with my values. They were focused on and serving the automotive market, not just on the aftermarket side, but on the dealer side, you know, since I was with Ford. And um, so I engaged with them and um, actually completed my undergraduate degree there. They gave me the opportunity to, to do that. And then I enjoyed my time there so much that I, I continued to, uh, to pursue an education through there and um, got an MBA um, through there. And and those were some of the best educational years of my life, you know, spending time with people that were like-minded, people from the industry, talking about issues inside of the industry while we're going through content um, that you know, prepared us to be better leaders in, inside of the industry. So Northwood was um, uh, was such a special time to me and years that my years there I, I missed dearly. 
Yeah, and and I hear that a lot. I've been fortunate enough to talk to a lot of Northwood graduates, and and I hear those same comments about the the, the camaraderie, the, the being able to talk about the industry within uh, during your time there. So, with that being said, how much value does does Northwoods, if you had a young individual that was looking up to you as as a mentor, deeply involved in the automotive industry, and he asked you about Northwoods, what would be your your advice to him? Yeah, so I think with Northwood or any college is really just to get to know the uh, get to know the school and the the values, the belief system, and inside of it, look at the content, um, and really think about. I spend a lot of time in my life and 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 talking to other people about you know their purpose, their hardwiring, and you know it, it's connected to what you want to do with your life. Uh, we we get a short life and. Uh, I feel like people matter and, and try to get the most out of it. So at Northwood, you know, it's really get to know get to know the staff there, the school, what their heartbeat is like, and, and they're you know they're very much about free market. They're uh, they empower students to not just to listen but to think. And I think they teach you they teach you how to think at Northwood, which is uh, maybe different from grade school or high school, and where you're it's just hey listen, see if you can digest this information and then regurgitate it in a test. Northwood teaches you to think, you know, to think uh, big picture, think strategically um, about the content. So that's that's important. Now they have a lot of different programs there. They have it's not just automotive focused. Uh, they have management programs, finance programs. They have um, several degrees. I just happen to to fall into the automotive section of the of their uh, their school. Yeah, and so kind of going back a little bit, you started at the age of seventeen in the automotive industry. Had you thought about the automotive industry prior to that? Not, not necessarily. The, the funny thing is, I, my father, when he taught me how to change the oil on my truck, my Chevrolet, my old Chevrolet truck, uh, we drained the oil, we put an oil filter on, he showed me how to do that. And, and if he hadn't stopped me, I would have filled the oil all the way up to the top of the fill. I didn't know that it took five quarts. I would have put, you know, what, 20 quarts in there until it filled up to the top of the valve cover. So I did not know anything about cars <laughs> at the age of 16 or 17 when I started to drive. And uh, I didn't know that I had a passion for or would have a passion for the automotive industry. Um, it's a special industry. The, the automotive industry in general, whether you're on the dealership side or the car service side or even the aftermarket or the parts side of the business, what I found is that it's about relationships. It's about serving people. And if you have a passion for serving people and if you – I mean, you know, really want to fulfill that passion. I think the automotive industry is a great place, whether you're a technician or you're a service advisor or you're in any, any capacity in the industry. If you enjoy interacting with people and serving people, um, it's a great place to be. And that's what I've discovered is um, I, I love the people inside of the industry. And I've enjoyed that for the last 20 years in, in every role that I've been in. It's the people that I've been around and been, and been able to serve that's, uh, that's really driven me. Yeah, I, I think I think you hit on it. There is is the people and then the relationships. That's one thing about this industry that in my time within the industry is what I've seen is you build those relationships and those relationships aren't they're they're there for for a lifetime. Uh, so I mean that that's great. And so you seventeen, you moved into the automotive industry. You started to develop the the liking for the automotive industry. Now that you've been in it. Uh, you moved up to position with Motorrad and what over those years, and you may have already hit on it, but what did you, have you enjoyed the most and what, 
what do you enjoy the most about the automotive industry? Well, I, I, in the very beginning, when I worked with Valvoline, uh, I, I started in the pit. Started in the pit on summer days. It must have been well north of 100 degrees down there with, you know, hot steaming oil coming out of the bottom of the car. And, and I sat down there and, and enjoyed it. I, I would do on Saturdays, we would, we would do 100 oil changes. And I would, I would listen to the customer interactions. I would, I would, of course, service the cars and make sure that was done correctly. But, but I'd also listen above ground to how customers were being serviced and communicated to. And, um, and those are such, those are, that was such a special time I spent, um, yeah, better part of a year down there listening to uh, proper, you know, I guess the right way to, and the wrong way to do things. You know, everybody makes mistakes. So I would listen to the best practices in essence on how to communicate with customers. And yeah, that's going back to the people part of it. Now, you know, back then we had the opportunity to service uh, customers and then lead. I, I ran uh, for two years. I ran one of their store locations. I ran a couple of their stores and, and, and I wasn't a very good manager or leader back then. I was good at servicing customers, which covered, which covered up my leadership inability, I guess, at the time as a, as you know, at 19 years old, 18, 19 years old. Where today, um, you know, I've, my heart is really for the the team. We have about over 400 employees worldwide, and then in North America, we have approximately 150 employees. And realizing, you know, just having a heart for people and not just results. Because at the end of the day, you have to balance relationships and results, and that's what matters. Um, you know, 20 years from now, nobody's going to remember me uh, for the year that we had in 2017 or 2018 or any year. Uh, people are going to remember me for how I treated people, and it's it's important to keep that in perspective. And think to go along with that. I mean, in our discussions, uh, you were mentioned that you were a certified practitioner through Myers Briggs. Explain to the listener what kind of uh, value that brings to to Motorrad. Yeah, so you know, along the lines of you know the uh, the notion that people matter, it's uh, everybody's different, and understanding that, understanding that you and I are going to be different. Everybody's everybody's born one way, they're nurtured away, and then they make choices throughout life that shapes who they are today. So every single person is unique, and every person needs to be managed that way. And I realized probably a decade ago that I was treating people in, in essence the same. And it wasn't, it was working, but it wasn't working. And you know, sometimes the outcomes from a leadership standpoint weren't the best. Or, so I, of course, as a competitive person, I wanted to get better. And I realized that there was a way to bring the best out in people. And that was understanding people, listening to people and understanding them understanding how they were hardwired or how they were nurtured and the choices that they made and how they were shaped. Um, and then, you know, when you layer that on top of uh, the job that they're in, you know, there's, there's people doing jobs today that they probably shouldn't be in, but they're afraid to, to leave the job or do something else because it's, it's security for them. Um, but they're, but maybe they're not, they're not as energized about the job as they should be. Um, so, you know, kind of dealing with all of that. So at Myers-Briggs is a way for me to understand, you know, how people are hardwired and then and, and, and able to lead them better and help them make better decisions about the job that they're doing. And if, you know, if being, a, let's say, if you're a salesperson, a salesperson and, and you don't enjoy the social aspect of sales, then you should probably consider another trade. And so I, as a leader, I'm able to work with people, uh, understanding Myers-Briggs, I'm able to work with people to help them understand their innate tendencies 
and then help lead them into bring um, and being in the correct job. Yeah, I could definitely see where that that training would help you and, and help Motorrad in in bringing a very rich and robust uh, leadership team uh, to help move Motorrad forward in, in the future. So yes, uh, understanding their weaknesses and then their tendencies and, and putting them in the position where they will uh, excel is uh, is very important. Yeah. And I, Richard, I'll give you one example, one re- fairly recent example. We we were hiring a, a senior team member and, and we went through, uh, going through Myers-Briggs is a lengthy process. It's not, I can't just send you a link and you, and you take an online assessment. There's an element of that, but there's also, there's a a significant debriefing element and going through that process allows the our, the candidate it gave them an opportunity to get to know me get to, and get to know um, in a way that they've probably never never gotten to know anybody because once you understand who you are and how you're wired then you can begin to understand how I am so it as a as a leader I can tell them I can say all right working for me or working for whoever you're going to be working for these are these are the blind spots, right? These are the these are the things that, you know, that as you begin to work for them, you might. Uh, this is what's going to be easy, and this is what might be hard. And I'll give you one example. Some, you know, 50% of the population is very project manager oriented, and 50% is pressure of a deadline oriented. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that's an interesting thing. So if you're if you're somebody who is the project management type, meaning that if you have a goal a month away from uh, a month away, you're going to start on that task or that goal today. Um, and you're going to start actually working on it. Or somebody who's more pressure of a deadline person, you're going to probably think about it, but you're not going to get any tangible work done until pretty close to the deadline. So it, when those two people work together and interact, it can create tension. It doesn't matter if you're a technician, service advisor, or owner, whoever you are, that can, marriage, that can create tension. So just understanding, you know, that's one example of many, but just understanding who you're working for. So if somebody's going to work for me, for them to understand my tenancy, and if I understand theirs, I can identify blind spots before before we engage in a working relationship. We can anticipate some of uh, the gaps that we might that we might go through, and that's that's a very healthy process for us. Yeah, and and not only is that good for for the corporation but uh it's good for the employee uh you know he he or she may be uh, thinking that a position is, is what they want but uh you know being able to go through that and determine you know you're you're a better fit in this position and, and leads to a healthier life um so that's that's great so you know here at Technician Academy, I mean, you know, one of our goals is to educate and train tomorrow's technicians along with today's technicians. And, and with your background, uh, you know, I'd hate to guess how many hours of training you've had in both automotive repair and then management and leadership training. But let's let's focus back to, to the gentleman who or the female that opens the box and takes out a motor red thermostat or, uh, you know, is getting ready to install a new map thermostat on a, a new model vehicle. How important is their training? How important is it to have a, a qualified, trained technician doing that? Yeah, so the cars have changed so fast. Um, I, I, I joined this industry right, I guess, right on the cusp of right right before, right on OBD2, and you know, right around the mid-90s. And that was the beginning of, you know, the elect- electrification of vehicles. And it's made, 
in the beginning, I feel like it made service a lot easier, less complicated in, in a way. I mean, it, for people that were able to embrace it, uh, the technology, and then today, uh, I don't know if I'm qualified anymore to be a technician, even with all of the training that you mentioned, because I've been out of it for so while. So it's it's not getting any easier. Um, I think it's just getting more challenging in, in, in new ways. And when you look at the future, right, I mean, there's where we are today, and then there's the future of uh, technology and the increased electrification and how technicians today really have to understand uh, not necessarily how uh, a, a primary and secondary winding and a firing pattern of, of the ignition system, but they have to understand networks and computer networks. And, um, you know, it's, there's so much more, you know, around sensors and actuators. So sensors and actuator content on vehicles has increased uh, probably at least tenfold in the last decade. Um, probably more than that, and that that's been in thermostats too. So thermostats are, were traditionally a, for 80 years unchanged for the most part, uh, pretty much a mechanical product that reacts to temperature change. And today they are computer controlled, um, so they have elements of both. And you know, so just something as simple as a thermostat and diagnosing a thermostat is a lot more complex than it was 20 years ago when I when I started in the industry. So being trained on all of those things, like you mentioned, uh, uh, computer-controlled thermostats called MAP thermostats, just being trained on what that is and why why that thermostat, when you go to purchase it, it's not 9 or $10, it's now $100 or $200. And being able to understand that, to communicate it to your service advisor so he can explain it to the customer, uh, because the average, the average cost of repair has increased. Um, the technology on, the, on, on vehicles is accelerating. At a, at a pretty fast rate that we're all focused on in the industry right now. And the innovations that are happening, um, you know, bring the, the, the pros or safety. And then the, the challenge, of course, in our industry is making sure that we're trained and have the ability to repair all of the cars that come to our bays on a daily basis. Yeah. And, and you know, you mentioned something, I want to take a little bit of a side note there that I think is extremely important is, you know, uh, that service manager or service advisor, that's one aspect within this industry that I think is very important that they understand to me, they've got to have the soft skills to develop that relationship with the customer, but they've also got to have the knowledge of, of how the vehicle works. Uh, and not necessarily a in-depth knowledge, but the basic knowledge to where they can explain that to the customer. You know, that, uh, like you said, you know, that thermostat where it used to be $10, $12, now can range way above $100. So uh, it's definitely changed. The industry continues to change. And, you know, we, we talk about shortage of technicians. And, and yeah, I, some look at that, and, and I've, I've been in discussions where, you know, there's not a shortage of technicians, but I believe, and then uh, correct me if you have different thoughts, but you know, I believe that uh, we don't have a shortage of people able to turn a wrench. But I have, I truly believe we have a shortage of people being able to diagnose, for instance, that MAP thermostat. I think that shortage is there. Uh, we've been talking about it for quite some time, you know, and, and how do you see the automotive aftermarket, how do you see them needing to change or to to uh, help affect in a positive way that shortage of technicians. Yeah. So in short, I mean, I, I think it takes great organizations like Technician Academy and people that like like yourself that really have a passion for the industry to provide that training. Um, but I guess I'll I'll say that. But then I'll zoom out a little bit. I I believe there it's not just an automotive aftermarket problem or an automotive industry problem. It's it's really a U.S. problem. There's 
there's a shortage of skilled workers in the U.S. And there's also, so there could be a shortage of, yes, there's a shortage of skilled technicians that are part of the skilled workers. I think there's an estimate that I read recently that said something like there's a shortage of like 5.8 million skilled workers in the U.S. And that skills gap is likely due to uh, people that, you know, they go through life and they're like, all right, what's the perfect career or what's the right career to be in? Well, everybody's competing for those those jobs where you sit, maybe you sit behind a desk or whatever, whatever that job is. But the opportunity for so many people that are are wired and skilled at skilled work, working with their hands, diagnosing vehicles, the automotive is uh, market's a great place. And to your point, if you're well trained, if you're well trained and well equipped, then you can make a, a very good living in the automotive market, especially now that. With, with supply and demand, with there being a shortage, um, you know, every everybody wants a skilled technician. Every great shop wants a skilled technician, and that's a that is a great job for the right person. I know, just just working at working at a, at a uh, as a as a senior executive at a mid-sized company, people are, are the most imp- are, are my primary focus, making sure that we find skilled people, and it's going to be that way whether you're. If you own a repair shop or a group of repair shops, it's, there's so much value and people are willing to pay for that skill. And it's such a great opportunity. But I think also in the, in the U.S. and in the industry um, and techni- trade schools and technical colleges, uh, we need to get better about recruiting people to the industry, letting them know where the opportunities are in the industry and then what, uh, what skills you need to develop so that you can make a great living, not a good living, a great living in this industry. There's so many jobs. I mean, look, I, I started out. I started out as a technician, and I was a technician for a long time and loved it. And then today, um, I'm able to do something different. But when I when I made that transition from being a technician to uh, being you know more on the parts and service side of the business, you know, there's not a day that goes by where I don't lean on the technical training that I that I was immersed in for so many years. That's what adds value to to my daily job right now. Um, so that so it, it could be a launch pad, right? Being a technician could be a launch pad to other things, or it can be a career for your entire life. It can take you to educating and training other technicians. It can take you to so many different places. But we have to help. I think you and I and other people in the industry have to really just be engaged and intentional about um, letting people know where the opportunities are, because it's, it's uh, the view of the, the, the traditional mechanic view of, uh, or, or, or like I was, I was in the pit, right? I was in the pit changing oil. That's kind of the view of technicians, and it's, and that's, that's not, a, that's not fact. That's not actual. Um, people are technicians, skilled technicians are very professional. They're working on computers. They're plugging in computers. They have to understand networks and multiplexing, uh, to, you know, telematics in the future. That's, that's exciting stuff and high tech stuff, and that's going to pay the people that are able to step up to that. Uh, the students and technicians that are able to step up to that level with training, um, they're going to be in high demand. They're in high demand today, and they're going to be even more in high demand in the future. So that's yeah. exciting for our industry. Yes, it is. And, and I think you one of the items you mentioned there is, is that image. I mean, the automotive industry has not been very good at uh, portraying a good image of that technician in the bay. And, and I think that's something that here at Technician Academy, we really strive to, to change uh, and working daily to change that. And and I know Motorhead has some of the same ideas. Uh, so 
futures coming up i mean we're, we're just now into 2018 uh what's some of the goals that motorad has for for the future in relation to the technician and the industry itself well the the, the industry is is moving quickly now as i alluded to earlier around some of the technologies that are trending and for us it's just to be really intentional about not just hoping those because those trends don't go away uh, the technologies don't go away they just accelerate so really making sure that we're tuned into that and then figuring out how we can even leverage them to service to service our customer. The, the great thing about uh, some of the technology that's out there now is, you know, just like just like Technician Academy is doing, is you can use digital media to reach so many people. As a technician today, if you want to fix a car the right way, there's so there's so much digital media that's out there as well as the classroom training. So figuring out, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, technicians and that are in that are entering the industry now they they learn probably different than I that I'm good at I'm a hands-on learner uh, I'm not I'm not a I can't I'm not the type of guy that can read a textbook and understand how to do something some people might be able to do that but I'm a pretty hands-on guy I think a lot of people coming in now might be a, they might have to watch some digital media study that a little bit combined with hands-on training to learn how to do these things so there's so much media out there uh, to learn and and I think for Motorrad we just have to make sure we're engaged in in, in those avenues, um, helping people understand you know the the trends in thermostats, the trends in our categories, uh, engaging with you know, supporting companies and trade schools uh, that are engaged with trade schools and making sure that uh, as an industry making sure that we are doing everything we can to to keep qualified skilled technicians in the bays. Um, of, of the aftermarket specifically, uh, but also the automotive market in general, uh, because there, there, there are, there are tremendous opportunities there. And I think as an industry, we have to get behind it. Uh, Motorrad's a part of a couple, several industry organizations and, um, that are, that have committees that are focused on these things. So making sure that we're supporting those committee, those committees and just really engaged with the, the technician. Um, and then also, Making sure that we're supporting, you know, digitally and and, and uh, fiscally supporting uh, the right organizations that are focused on bringing in and recruiting and training uh, great technicians. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as a corporation and being fortunate enough to have worked for a major manufacturer in the past, you know, that uh, that training of that technician is extremely important in the bottom line of any corporation. I always said, and and being a training manager for several years, I can't guarantee the improvement of sales through training but i can guarantee the reduction in returns through training and uh and i've seen it improved it many times so yeah uh being a part of that and and having that trained technician and and obviously you know training and correct me if i'm wrong but you know training and and education is has moved you uh and your drive uh has moved you from the pit underneath the car changing oil in the hot summer to to the position you're at now uh, helping to guide a uh, a corporation but you still have and you mentioned it you still have those tendencies to to use that training or that technician a viewpoint so yeah definitely definitely a great thing you know matt one of the things that i always like to find out and, and our listeners enjoy is if you had the opportunity to deliver a keynote speech to a group of high school students on their career day 
And and these are the complete gamut of, of high school students, not just automotive, but, you know, they could be in business, they could be in design, they could be in arts, uh, automotive, skilled trades. What would your focus of that speech be to those high school students? Yeah, so I, um, I would not, my focus would be really around, you know, try to try to understand not necessarily your purpose and your passion, but, but your skills and where your, where your skills are. Don't be afraid to try things. Don't be afraid to try uh, different things as an automotive in the automotive space and the automotive aftermarket. Um, don't be afraid of uh, failure. Uh, absolutely. Don't be afraid of failure. And, um, and people, I, I think also fundamentally people matter. You know, when you go through life, uh, make sure that you, you pause, don't, don't overwork, you know, don't, don't uh, just be constantly focused on the next, the next step, the next thing in life. Um, especially now with younger, the younger generation, you know, connectivity is so important with people, uh, the emotional, having that emotional intelligence to be able to connect with people, um, that that's uh, becoming, people are becoming more connected through devices, which isn't a bad thing necessarily, unless it's, unless it's, uh, unless it's taking the place of personal connectivity. So I think those, those things are the trends that I'm seeing, um, making, you know, don't be afraid. Don't, don't feel like you've got to be a master of anything in your, in your twenties, for instance, your, your twenties is your, is your time to, you know, to, to try. If you're a technician, you know, try, try working on transmissions and engines or electronics and, you know, or steering and suspension, you know, try different things, you know, get your twenties and even your thirties is, is the time, is the time for you to try different things, healthy things, because it's not until probably your forties and fifties where you become a master of anything. So figuring out what you're going to become a master of is really what uh, the early career is for. And if that's, and you know, for me, that was, you know, I, I went, I went on that journey of you know, the pit to a technician service advisor, back to a technician, um, then back to a kind of management roles and then kind of moving through that. And that whole journey, you know, prepared me for where I am today. And I couldn't, I was not qualified 20 years ago to do what I'm doing today. It takes it takes a balance of experience um, in various parts of the industry. You know, I'm a sales and marketing person by by trade. Um, that's probably where my purpose is centered around strategy, but really sales and marketing is my background. And yeah, you know, that that takes time to to figure out. There's people that are operational minded, financially minded, sales you know sales or marketing minded, and just, it takes takes time to figure that out. It helps to have mentors and guides. Um, you know, they guide you through that, but, but I would say, don't, don't feel like you've got to rush into something and figure out life day one when you're, when you're leaving technical school or you know, trade school or college. I, I think that's very good words to, and you're, you're right. I mean, rushing through that and having a mentor, uh, mentors are, um, extremely valuable and and sometimes you don't realize the value of a mentor until uh you know two or three years later the value that that gentleman or or individual brought to your life so matt we've been here talking and brought out some enlightening pieces uh i've enjoyed the time together enjoyed the discussion you know one of the things I like to hear is, you know, your, your goals for the future. And with that, what, what is your thoughts that you want to purvey to, to the listener? Yeah. So I'll make, I'll, I'll rewind a, real quick. And before I mention my goals, but yeah, you touched on something 
just a second ago that I think is, is important to that I've realized um, later in my career that I wish I knew earlier in my career. I was fortunate to have great leaders uh, throughout my career, but not, not in every instance. So I would say who you work for is almost more important than the company you work for. The person you work for is more important than the company. Because if you work for a person that cares about you um, and pours into you and mentors you, then that person will truly help you to, to reach your goals And because he's, he's worried about you. He's not worried necessarily focused on himself. Uh, there's there's a, probably a leadership epidemic in this country, and it's because there's so many leaders that are all about themselves and not necessarily truly focused and genuinely focused on, on their direct reports. So I, I would, I think that's also one little bit of advice around, you, know, you were touching on mentors, who you work for is more important than the company you work for. The person is more important than the company. Um, my, my goals are to, and Motorrad's goals are to continue to in, innovate uh, customer service. I believe, I, I constantly believe in better and strive for better and our team does and you know, we're not perfect. Uh, no companies are. So there's always a, a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, actually said the, you know, the largest room in the world is the room for improvement. And you know, I, I believe that. I believe that um, it, it doesn't matter how many, how many, how many awards you win. Um, there's always room for improvement. And and and, and we, I will never rest on that. I'll, you know, I think the industry can go so much farther. We can serve customers better and better and better, and we'll, tr we'll, we'll continue to try to innovate and build tools around, um, you know, really enhancing that service model. In the few, two short years that I've known you, Matt, I, I truly believe that uh, those those statements are true from you. Um, you know, I, I see that in your relationship with your team. Uh, I see that in your personal, personal relationship. So I, I'm thankful for that um and it was good words to to think about uh you know there's always room for improvement you know if if as a technician i can look back you know you mentioned obd2 I'll touch on that just a second i remember i was a young technician when obd2 come out and well i say young younger than i am now but uh some of the older techs that I thought were pretty good. They they were scared to death of it. They were going to be replaced by a computer and and you know just different things. And, and I know of, of a few that completely quit the industry because they didn't. They chose not to to improve, not to get training, not to learn about the the control and how it, how it operated the vehicle. So you know there's always room for improvement. I I, I truly believe that. I, I see that through Motorrad. I see that through you and your leadership team. And I, I thank you for that. I, I thank you for the time you give us here on Technician Academy. I uh, really do appreciate it. I know your time is valuable. And, uh, you know, we've tried a couple times to, to get together and, and bring this podcast together. And, and I appreciate you working towards that. I'm thankful for that. I, I wish Motorrad a, a prosperous 2018. Uh, I truly believe it's going to have. And, and I wish you, uh, wish you a prosperous 2018. So I, you know, thank I, you, Richard. I thank you. I thank you from the depths of our hearts uh, here on Technician Academy and from the listeners. Uh, this is a podcast that I truly believe the listeners need to hear. So I'm excited about that. So uh, Matt, I'll let you get back to, to what you need to get done today. And, and I thank you again for your time. Yeah, Richard, thank, thank you. And, um, and I wish, same to you, I wish Technician Academy the, the best in 2018. Uh, I know you have, you have big goals and, and a big vision for the industry. And, uh, and, and we, I appreciate what you and uh, Technician Academy do for the industry and 
for the technicians and everybody in the industry. So thank you very much. Thank you for the time. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. All right, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Technician Academy's podcast series brought to you by Premium Guard Filters and Extend Performance. Be sure to rate us on iTunes and Google Play and visit us online at technician.academy. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Help us spread our Respect is Learned message by liking and sharing our content on your social media pages. Technician.academy, where respect is learned.